Hello, I'm your host, Jodie Minto, and welcome to my podcast, Online Store Success. My mission is to help other emerging entrepreneurs crack the code for e-commerce success for a life of uncapped income, flexibility, and fun. I'm an award-winning seven-figure e-commerce fashion founder, a certified digital marketer, and business and life coach. I'm also a Prosecco-loving wife, mother of two teens, a Facebook ads nerd, and a crazy animal lover. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and during that time, I've helped hundreds of others start and scale their online e-commerce stores through my coaching programs. I love all things business and know firsthand how rewarding it is to have a career on your own terms, turning a passion into a profitable business and the freedom and flexibility that comes with it. Each week, I'm going to share with you the ups and downs of this crazy e-commerce journey that we call life and help you start that business of your dreams or help scale your existing online store. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Online Store Success. This week I am so, so excited to be hosting the beautiful Stevie Dillon. Stevie has been my business coach for the past 12, 14 months or so, helping me bring my coaching business back to life, including developing my uh, 12-week Facebook ads program, Ecom Ads Academy, and my One Ad Wonder mini course, which is all thanks to Stevie's help. So I wanted to chat with Stevie a little bit today for a couple of reasons, because Stevie's doing something new and super exciting, and also because I know a lot of my listeners are not necessarily e-com folks, but interested in perhaps turning their skills and expertise into a service or a digital product. So I wanted to give a little bit of uh, Stevie's expertise and and gold that she sprinkles over everything to to my listeners. And I'm so thrilled to have you here today, Stevie. Well, I was pretty excited when you asked me. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, For those that don't know Stevie, Stevie's business is called The Course Cartel. Um, And Stevie, I know you've had a few iterations of your business and pivoted a couple of different times. Um, Prior to The Course Cartel, you were Stevie Says Social. Is that right? That's right. And what? So tell me, tell me a little bit about your business journey from from Stevie says social, what you were doing there to to where you are now, and what you're doing now. So Stevie says social. The secret is in the name. It was <laughs> very much focused on social media. So I used to work um, in marketing. I was super interested in like all things digital marketing, and so I was learning it on the side started Stevie Says Social as like my way of sharing all of my like learnings around social media when I was, um, yeah, just learning about it all, I suppose. And so that turned into a business. So I did social media management for about two seconds and then (laughs) had started a podcast called the Stevie Says Social Podcast. That has gone through a few name changes as well. Um, It is now the Lifestyle Business Sweet Spot Podcast. Um, But through the podcast had kind of started to build an audience. So launched a social media course off the back really of the audience I was building through the podcast. And then as time went on, people were asking me more about how I was launching my online courses and I was naturally enjoying that more anyway. So I launched my social media course again, just as Reels was coming out and I was, so I launched it, Reels came out. And I realized I was going to have to like 
pretty much redo the entire thing and I just was done. <laughs> I was like, my Instagram days are over. Oh, no. um, and so kind of went deep into the online course side of things. And I love that. Like I love tinkering with funnels. I love like the marketing side, all of it. I just think it's like the beautiful like um, marriage of art and science in terms of you need the creativity side and you need the messaging but then you also need like the data and the funnels and I just felt like I had found my place and yeah rebranded so I rebranded to the course cartel this time last year really with like the thought that I wanted to take my own personal brand out of the business have it not just be about me Uh, so I did that and then I feel like over the last year I've almost gone through like a complete metamorphosis again. (laughs) And what I've realized is there's so much power in a personal brand and I love it. And I'm leading with my personal brand again, even though the business is called the course cartel. And that brings us to now. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It, I mean, I think we've, uh, with any sort of career or business, we often do this, right? And we often start one business, which perhaps then leads to another, which then changes into something else and something else. I know when I very first started Island Co, I was probably about 12 months in and I started working with a a coach, uh, Victoria Gibson at the time, um, thinking I was going in for coaching for Island Co. And it was her that planted the seed for me that Island Co is just a stepping stone for you, Jody. I see other things in your future like coaching and courses. I was like, what? Don't be ridiculous. And anyway, fast forward nine years later and here I am. But um, it's interesting. It's really interesting. And and I think for business owners, we, we get to know what sort of business we love and what sort of business we don't love. And um, sometimes we don't know until we're in the thick of it and think, hang on a minute, I've created myself a job here. This isn't what I wanted. I need to, you know, course correct to get back on track to to where I want to be. So that's what I really love about what you're really focusing on, on now. And the, you talk a lot about not scaling just for the sake of scale, because that's what we see a lot. Uh, for any kind of courses, uh, coaches or or um, marketers, whether it's to do with e-commerce or whether it's to do with uh, coaching, it's like scale, scale, scale. It's all about hitting those high numbers, you know, seven figures, eight figures, whatever it might be. But what can happen is once you land there is that you're miserable. I know for me in my fashion business at seven figures a year, I was miserable because it's a very different operation at that level than what it is when it's a one-woman show. And I'd created a beast that I no longer loved. But then, you, like I said, you find yourself stuck in these situations and think, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get out? So I love that you're, um, you know, backing yourself and and walking the talk and and, you know, doing the course correction for when things aren't, aren't working working for you. I've done that so many times <laughs> at this point, but this is, yeah, this is the latest iteration of it. And I agree. Like I feel like so many people just go down that path of being like, okay, well, this is what this like arbitrary like version of success is. And you feel like you don't know yourself enough to know any better and you've never experienced mm-hmm. it. So you go down that path and then you realise, oh, that's not actually the thing. I actually feel like throughout like my whole business journey, I've always been good at like looking at people maybe like three steps ahead of me and going, do I want to be who they are? Like I used to be a solicitor and I used to look at like the partners in the law firm and I used to be like, 
do I want to be where they are? Like they're working 18 hours a day, you know, like working themselves to the bone. And that's always been like the reminder for me where I'm like, oh, I don't actually want to go to where they are. So I should course correct now. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I've never done that. I've never had that kind of foresight. I'm just like, I want what they're having. Like, let's go. And then not, and not realizing it's not for me until I'm I'm the thick of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. Um, We've been chatting offline. I've got a few little f- questions I'd love to to throw at you. Yes. Um, I would love to know three fun facts about Stevie. Yes. So <laughs> one thing people are always shocked about is that I'm six one, so I'm really tall. So when people see me in person, they're like, oh, we only ever see you on Zoom calls and you're sitting down. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm super tall. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What's another one? Tell me something else. I love South America. So I went traveling through South America when I was about 24 and love it. And I want to take the family back maybe to Buenos Aires or somewhere next year for like a stay K for a couple of months. Amazing. Um, And three, I love salt. Like I'm obsessed with anything. <laughs> savory and salt related <laughs> I love that. yeah I recently was in um the strand arcade in the city in sydney and there's this store in there that sells like all these variations of salt oh my gosh uh, garlic salt and some other kind of like and i bought like all these jars of them too and sprinkled them on so i love that which i actually went to i went to ibiza in spain in july and I came back with a present for the kids and then this like salt from my visa and my partner was like, are you kidding me? That is the only thing you brought back from overseas. And I'm like, oh, it's like their specialty over there. Anyway. It's great. Right. You went to your taste. I love it. So tell me a bit about how you went from being a lawyer to now doing what you do today. Yeah. So Back in the day, so I started law, like the only reason I did law is because I did well at school and I got to like the end of grade 12 and they were like, right, you've got to pick like a uni degree. And so I wanted to be a journalist. It's all I ever wanted, but I got a scholarship. And so they were like, you've got to pick the scholarship that you want for uni. And I was like looking through the list and the combined like law journalism degree obviously had a higher value. And yeah. I was like, I'll just do that to get the most out of the scholarship. And so expensive one off the menu. The most expensive <laughs> one. Yeah. Which ended up taking five years and then like two years of articles. Oh, and wow. then I realized I didn't want to do it. So that was like a big, long seven year, eight year journey. Cause then I worked as a lawyer in London for a while as well. But when I was over there, I had a friend of mine that I had met when I was traveling and she was working she had worked with me at Red Bull and so she was working for a marketing agency over there and we went to the Red Bull office one day after work and they had like a slippery slide in the office and they were like the coolest people and I was like at that time I was working like fighting people on parking tickets in Walthamstow in London like literally had to go to court every day and fight these people who hadn't paid their parking tickets and they were like angry people and I was like (laughs) what am I doing at this point? And so I started looking for marketing jobs and I was like, oh, that's what I want to do when I come back to Australia. And so Mm -hmm. I was just looking every single week, had no idea how I would get into it. 
and then ended up doing a course when I got back to Australia, met a guy who was the sponsorship manager at the Brisbane Lions AFL. And he was like, okay, well, I'm actually going to be the sponsorship manager at the Queensland Reds, which is the union team in Queensland. Um, Come over and I'll interview you there because I think you'd be perfect for the job. So that was my in into marketing and like finally getting the fun job. Um, And then kind of went from there, like from marketing into digital marketing and then into like the business side of things. Yeah. I want a slippery slide in my office. Oh, it's it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just such a like massive, like black and white. Like I literally got the tube from like my horrible council office all the way into like Covent Garden in London. And everyone had these beautiful, like fun marketing jobs. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life right now? (laughs) So that was like the catalyst. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. One of the things I loved in when I was working with you in um, Launchpad was geeking out on numbers because I, so I, I, and I've totally shifted gears here. I apologize, but I, um, the numbers thing for business is such an eye opener. And I think for e-com or any sort of service-based business is that often when we're first starting out, we take absolutely everything personally. We'll do say, for example, a webinar and only a certain amount of people will show up. And then only like one might buy, if any, or we launch a new product or collection on our, uh, you know, online e-com store and it's, you know, crickets. And what I loved so much, apart from all of this, you know, the structures and organizations and how to build the things was just geeking out on the numbers, because I think that's a huge, huge thing around businesses around, you know, the the whole, the formula for like traffic and conversions. Um, You, I think, really, really opened my mind to this. Even though I came from an e-com background, coming into this new space of like, well, Jodie, it wasn't you, it wasn't your webinar. You just didn't have enough eyeballs actually turn up for it. Like what, what could you share around that whole sort of traffic conversion? Like how did it, how did the light bulb go off for you um, when it came to like, right, it's time to scale our business. We've got the things, but now how do I, you know, what, what's going wrong? How do we troubleshoot this? I, was actually really lucky. So the first time I ever decided that I wanted to, like was going to launch my first online course, I had no idea what I was doing and I was like muddling through preparing to launch it. And I actually had a friend that had an online course already and I was like, do you have any tips for me? And the first thing she said to me, she was like, how many registrations do you have for your course? And I was like, oh, I'm actually not really sure. I should probably check on that. And she's like, literally the only thing you should care about right now. She's like, what's your goal? And I said, my goal is I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. And she was like, okay, let's see. Um, so basically based on like your price point and your goal, you're going to need to get 2000 registrations for your webinar. And I was like, oh, and then that was the light bulb for me. I was like, wow. Okay. So I have this number and if I get this number, and I get like the benchmark, you know, buy rate, Mm -hmm. um, then I'm going to hit my goals. And so I put like the post-it note up on my desk and I just went hell for leather. Like actually knowing what that number was made me like sprint towards it. And it ended up like pretty much making that amount in revenue. And I was like, thank you so much for giving me that insight because what I've realized since like with 
working with so many clients on online courses is like so often we just tie our results to like our personal self-worth, you know, Uh or we assume something that we think is the problem and we get all emotional about it Mm. and we try to fix like an offer problem with more traffic and Facebook ads when actually it's just a fundamental offer problem or it's the other way around. We try to fix a traffic problem by tinkering with our sales page for two weeks. And <laughs> yes. actually like when you can, and it's really hard to do because a lot of the time, as much as we're told, you know, our business shouldn't be our baby, we care so much about it. And it's intrinsically tied to who we are, especially if we're a personal brand and we can get so caught up in that. And I think like, having somebody tell me that before I had even launched my first course has been something that then I've used the whole way through. Like if something, if a result doesn't go the way that I want it to, it's not something to get emotional about. It's like, okay, well, what was the culprit? (laughs) Like what was the thing that went wrong? And then it just becomes objectively, okay, well, I've got to fix that. Yeah, I love that. It's it's putting on the detective hat and going, it wasn't because you smile, you weren't smiley enough, Jody, in your yeah. webinar. It wasn't because, you know, your dog barked in the middle of it. It was because there was only four people on the webinar. Or- really though. It's not because people don't like you. Like there's not there's nothing and this is what we do. Like I've just I've seen all of the emotions. I've seen every emotion under the sun come out, especially with like And it would be similar with product launches, I'm sure. But with course launches, there's such a big, like there's so much effort that goes into it and time and all of the things. And so like you get it out there and sometimes it doesn't go the way that you want it to. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to tear it all down. It's not, you know, it's all over. And actually it might just be one thing that you need to fix. And I think that's what's magical about digital marketing is like, it's not like you're guessing. You can literally very objectively look at the numbers and say, this thing is the one thing I need to fix. And then as long as you don't let your emotions get in the way and you do actually just work on fixing that one thing, that's how you incrementally get the success that a lot of people, I think, falsely assume because the industry perpetuates it, that you're going to have all of the success in two seconds and that's not how it works. It's actually getting it out there, not thinking and overthinking and overthinking and overthinking, getting it out there, getting the fast starter and then looking to like improve from there to where it is that you want to go. I love that. And I know for me, I've been running my uh, course coaching business for seven years and I've just had my biggest launch ever, but it's seven years, seven years in the making, getting all of these systems and getting the offer right and then making sure that I've got enough numbers turning up and it's just putting one foot in front of the other and 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 looking at each launch and whether it was a flop or whether it was successful but still pulling apart the numbers and just going okay what what how could I have improved this was it like you said an offer problem was I'm not clear in my messaging about what the transformation is for somebody or was it the fact there just wasn't enough people coming to those live launch events the webinars the challenges or whatever um, so I, I really, really love the whole numbers thing and, and your take on it because it helps take out some of that emotion. It helps take out some of that, um, I guess, beating ourselves up thinking, like you said, they don't like us. You know, maybe them, maybe I'm just no good at this. And it takes all of that out of it. And it's like, let's just look at the numbers. Yeah. What would you suggest to someone that might be listening that 
has an expertise in a, in a particular area and has thought they would like to turn that into a course or a digital product, what would their, I guess, what you, what would your advice be for them? What would the first sort of starting point be? Do you know, there's a big, like, obviously I'm in this world so much and so, like, I'm hearing what people are saying about digital courses and things at the moment. And one of the big things that I think is holding people back at the moment is like the whole, have I missed the boat? Like there's so many online Mm. courses out there. It's so crowded. Like how could I ever like compete against X, Y, Z? And I actually think like the most important thing to take away in relation to digital courses and things at the moment is it's actually the best time in the world to do it. But the game has changed. Mm. And so I think like the most important thing, and this is true for any business, but particularly where we're at with online courses, where the demand keeps growing, but also the industry has gotten so much more sophisticated. People have done online courses. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of competition and competition isn't a bad thing. Like if you are looking out there and you're like, I want to create an online course on XYZ, but there's already 18 people doing it. That's actually a really good thing. But the secret at this point, like where we're at is positioning. And so it's making sure that you can essentially find out what I call is like what your category of one is. So like, for example, let's say that I wanted to create an online course about podcasting, right? And let's say that there's 20 different courses out there about podcasting. The game isn't to look at what other people are doing and say, oh my gosh, that's successful. I'm going to do something that's similar to that because that's their sig- like that's their special source. The game is actually thinking, okay, so how can I position this offer so that it's perfectly like suited to one person and then craft the positioning, the packaging, the pricing for that one person. So like to use a very tangible example, let's say you wanted to create a course about podcasting. Like you could say, I'm going to create a course about podcasting specifically for influencers and podcasting is the vehicle to get brand deals. And so you should start a podcast because it's the best way to get brand deals and to build yourself up as an influencer, right? And so those people would be like, yes, that's for me. Whereas you could position it a completely different way. And you could say, actually, this is for uh, e-commerce business owners that want to get more sales by building their personal brand and their authority because no one else is doing it. And actually podcasting is the best way to do that. So I think like the secret is realizing that there's more opportunity than ever, but then also realizing that It's the offer, the packaging and the positioning that is the difference between like in inverted commas success and flailing a little bit. I think where we're at in the world, it's like finding that specific space for you, your little category of one and going all in on it. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of the saying, the riches are in the niches. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not even just, it's not even just like I, Love the idea of niching. I do think it's one way to differentiate, but I also don't think it's the only way to do it. So that was one example. So like, you know, um, going for influencers as opposed to like e-commerce brand owners. But when I talk about like your category of one as well, like what is it that is like your special source that makes you different to anyone else in your space? So like I was doing this recently for my offer and I was like, Right. So there's actually someone in a very similar space to me and their thing is community. 
And actually, I'm not going to compete on community. That's not my thing. There's another person in my space and their thing is like this intersection of like strategy and like woo-woo. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be that person. And so for me, it's like if you want like a lifestyle business and you want like the, you know, strategic step-by-step and like an operating system for doing it, like I'm that person. And so it doesn't have to just be like I'm differentiating based on like who I serve, but it can also be like your delivery method, your who you are as a person, your vibe, like it can be a lot of different things. And it also doesn't have to be all of the things. You can literally just have one thing that sets you apart. And then when people think of you, they think of you as like the go-to in that particular thing. And you'll be perfect for those people. And it means you're not for everyone, but that's okay as well. Love that. I love that. Which also brings me to Tell me what is exactly, I, I I know what it is, but for the listeners, tell me what is the lifestyle business sweet spot? Yeah, so this comes back to the metamorphosis that I have been through <laughs> over the last, like, really the last 12 months. So I obviously rebranded this time last year and like the big thinking was like I'm gonna grow this big business I'm gonna you know go hell for leather and do all of the things and I started doing that and what I realized is that my version of success was actually very different to what is painted as like the ultimate hallmark of success online and it led me down this massive rabbit hole where because I asked like literally asked everyone around me I was like things aren't feeling right what do I do next like seeking answers outside of myself asking mentors asking all of the people I wasn't getting what I needed and I was like hmm (laughs) I need to like work something out myself here and what I actually realized was that I needed to get clear on what my personal end game in business was and it wasn't to build a big business, to take myself out of the business, to scale and ultimately to exit. That wasn't my end game. And it's totally fine for the people that are. But I think having clarity on what it is for me, which is actually the other side of the scale, like it's not settling, it's not, you know, um, it's not anything other than like w- what my version of success is. And so like the concept of the lifestyle business sweet spot is that it's kind of for people that want to have, in inverted commas, a lifestyle business. And I hate that word because I feel like it gets a bad rap. And when you talk about like freedom-focused businesses and things, you just think of like all the spammy stuff online. Yeah, I think of an MLM. Like, no. I know, I hate that. I hate that. But like very specifically what it means is that you're not optimizing for scaling and ultimately exiting the business but you're optimizing for like that sweet spot of being a cash flow focused business so that you can fuel your lifestyle, but then also so that you can take money out of the business to invest in assets outside of the business that will ultimately make work optional for you. Um, And also to apply constraints on the way that you do business. So for me, it's like, how can I do business in a way that will ultimately get me to five hour days because I don't want to be working all the time. And so intentionally engineering into that and then taking the fulfillment piece into account as well. So making sure that you have a business that aligns with who you are as a founder and not building a business model that ultimately doesn't feel right for you, even if it is right for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, 
my way of like putting together like that sweet spot intersection of profit lifestyle and time and that's what I think of when I think of the lifestyle business sweet spot which is ultimately what I'm engineering my business towards and it isn't necessarily that like scale to seven eight 16 figure you know yeah. <laughs> that you hear online and nobody was talking about it when I was going through all of this and I felt really confused and I felt really muddled and I was like oh my gosh but I think really intentionally clarifying what that end game is for me has made it a lot easier to reverse engineer into the decisions that'll give me that and it's made me realize that more people need to get clarity on that before they start you know starting on all of the strategy or following someone else's end game and sprinting months and years in the wrong direction yeah I love that I know and I did your dream and design um program and it blew my brain <laughs> even after working with you for, for uh, you know, a year or so. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've never even thought of this stuff. I'm just, mm. you know, the hamster on the wheel. Just keep going and keep yeah. going and selling and keep selling and keep creating new. What is the angle? I mean, that's incredible. I, I really, you know, and I don't think anyone is talking about that. Honestly. No, because all no one's about- clear on it. And so this is why we, like, end up on this, like, hamster wheel where we're constantly thinking that we need more to get to some arbitrary version of happiness and it's like if you can actually define what that number is for you from a revenue perspective and from a time perspective and from what you want in terms of your lifestyle then you can actually hit it and then optimize for other things like the literal freedom and flexibility and like time with family and all of the things that we start our businesses for in the first place (laughs) and then end up working like 15 hour days and wondering what's going wrong you know Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that I love that so for people that are starting out in this space in courses and whatnot, what do you what do you think the biggest mistake is that people that people are making when they first get going? Back to the offer thing. I hate to harp on it, but I do think that the big it's really sexy to want to know like what the next like sexy launch strategy is or um what's happening on Instagram and how to make sure that you're optimizing like all of the things that you know are like the popular things to talk about Mm. in the online business space what I have realized and I've worked now with hundreds of business owners on this is that it's almost like looking at an iceberg right like what you see above the iceberg is what people are posting on social media and you see like the sexy launch strategy and you see the funnels and all of the things But actually underneath it is the things that will ultimately get you attention and get you sales, which is positioning, which is offer design, which is messaging. And they're the things that I think a lot of us kind of think we've got in place. So like as an example, a lot of people would come into my Launchpad program and they would say, hey, you know, I've already got my offer, but um, I'm not getting the launch results that I want from it. And so I'm wondering, should I try, you know, try a different launch strategy or should I put it on Evergreen or should I do, you know, X, Y, Z? And we used to originally, like when we first started out in Launchpad, we'd let people do that. We'd let people say, oh, yep, that's cool. You can skip ahead and Mm. do that. And then what we would realize time and time and time again is that it was always a fundamental 
offer issue. And right. so, the, it, you know, the offer wasn't positioned properly. It wasn't, the messaging wasn't resonating with the hearts and minds of um, their perfect target market. Uh, the the packaging of it wasn't right. And so we'd always end up having to go back and do that work anyway. And so one thing I'm like so passionate about now is making sure that whether you're starting from scratch or you're like literally been doing this for 10 years, you go back and run your offers through like a process that will tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you're, you've got that right first because Mm. it's so easy to be like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And it's actually, maybe it's that, but maybe it's literally in like 20% of cases. It's always, it's always the offer. Yeah, right. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I probably did that too when I came in. I just need to figure out how to do better webinars, you know, because yeah. it's not converting. Um, yeah. And I know I went through that process. It was it's painful. It's painful going back to school. <laughs> I've just gone through it again, and I'm like, oh, that's oh. right. It's really hard. That's why we don't do it. I want to skip it. Like, no, no, we did that. I know exactly what's happening there. Yeah. I'm just going to sell it now. So no, it's. I mean. I mean, that's it's really, really, I mean, if, if there's no point spending money and doing webinar after webinar and launch after launch on something that ultimately no one really wants. And it's no. probably just some tweaks and things like that for that existing product that they have um, to make it clearer for what it is, what the transformation is for people versus throwing it out and starting again. Yeah, it's like, are you solving an urgent, painful problem for one specific person? And I think like that is literally the only question. And I think a lot of the time, like we create these offers and we put them out there and we forget that Mm. we can't just create something in a vacuum. We have to solve a problem and not just any problem, something that people are prioritizing in the moment. And if you're not doing that, then all of the launch strategy in the world isn't going to work for you. And I think like, yeah, I've like done a lot of, because obviously we've got so much data now with like people going through um, our launchpad process and all of our course creation processes. And I'm like, where's the stuck point? Like where are people getting stuck? And it always, always, always comes back to that. So anyway, it's really interesting. Love that. And talk to me about the Lifestyle Business School, what you're, what you're doing now. And I know you're in the middle of a launch for that. What, what is that? And who is that for specifically? So Lifestyle Business School is for the old me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It is the offer that I wish I had 12 months ago when I was like soul searching through what, you know, I wanted to do and why I wasn't getting all of the answers that I needed. But essentially, I mean, it is that. So what I have realized is that it is so important to make sure that you are following a strategy and a methodology Um, from someone that has the same end game as you. So for context, I joined a mastermind a few years ago. It was $30,000 Australian. It was the most money I'd ever spent on something. And so I came into the mastermind and the founder at that time, without me realizing, she just had a totally different end game. Like she wanted to scale and she was all about hiring, you know, 10, 20, 30 different people and like all of the things. And so I started unintentionally following the strategy of someone that had a completely different end game to me. Mm. And what I have realized and like the core premise of Lifestyle Business School is that it's about number one, deciding what your end game is and defining it for you. 
And if you align with the concept of having a lifestyle business, which is still being ambitious and going for everything that you want, but intentionally deciding what is my revenue enough number that's going to give me that? And then how do I actually optimize for other things like time and fulfillment and lifestyle as well? Defining what that is for you, first and foremost, because I can't do that for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like this is where people sometimes walk down the wrong garden path because they'll follow someone else's end game and then they're like, oh, how did I end up here? So it starts with like defining what that is for you. And then once you know that you want a lifestyle business and that you feel clear on what your specific end game is, then it's about giving you the operating system. Because what I realize is like there's a massive gap in the market where there's a lot of talking head videos, there's a lot of theory. But ultimately what people need is like the operating system, like the standard operating procedures and the systems and the processes and the step-by-step for very systematically building an expertise-based business from scratch and then refining it based on data (laughs) into your version of whatever your lifestyle business sweet spot is. And I think like what I've realized is that I'm a very systems and structure and strategy-based person, but it's actually those things that have given me the freedom. And I think, like, I love that saying, like, systems set you free because I think, Mm -hmm. like, once you have built the right business machine, which is one that installs leverage where you're doing things that compound over time and that, you know, um, are ultimately building a business that doesn't rely, like, your value is divorced from your time, then you can get the freedom, but you can't have that. Like you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to be wishy-washy about it and hope that I have this bubble. It's actually like the systems and the structure and like what I call the operating system that will get you there. And so that's lifestyle business school. That's what I mean. And that's what I love so much about working with you because I'm like very big picture. Don't bore me with the details, but whatever, just make it happen. (laughs) And your systems and processes and, you know, your formula for doing things, like it's it's transformed my coaching business and given me an opportunity to to you know think right this I can build this in a way that I want it to to look like as well and if something goes wrong refer to X you know come back 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 to that and have a look at that where did it you know go wrong and whatnot and where did it go right and all of those systems and procedures just you know it is so so empowering and for most creative entrepreneurial type folks we often you know that stuff like oh don't need that don't need that but we really do we really really do honestly it is installing those things into your business that ultimately gives you the freedom like it absolutely 1000 percent is and actually I'm like thankful to my systems based self (laughs) because I actually (laughs) enjoy it like I do love it but I'm like the idea of engineering into what I ultimately want with those things has been pretty exciting for me because it's made me realize that I can like, I can literally get everything that I want. I know exactly what it is that I want now. And I've got the systems and the processes and the business model, which is huge as well to get it. And how beautiful is that? Because you hear about all of this crap online where it's like, you know, you can sip pina coladas and sit by the Mm -hmm. beach in two seconds and know that's not possible, but it is nice to know that in like a three to five year period, you can have everything you want. If you have the right end game, the right business model, and then like the systems and structures to install to get you there. It's incredible. I've seen nothing like it, honestly. And just working with you through the past 12, 12 months, 14 months, 
no one, and I've done many, many different programs and courses around how do I do this online coaching business thing. Um, no one gives as much detail and and just, you know, this is how you do it. Uh, you know, that, those systems, processes, the formulas, the swipe files, like so much, so much. Um, there's just so much in there. So tell me for any of our listeners here that are thinking about um starting a course business or already have one and and are struggling to to make the sales that they need how can they get your help yeah so lifestyle business school would be a great place to start mm-hmm. uh when is this podcast coming out uh this will come out next week so perfect yep. um well we're running a class uh I might just, I'll, I'll send you to lifestylebusiness.school is probably the best place to go and check it all out. And we should have a replay of the class that we're hosting tomorrow as well there, which will just basically share that full operating system, what it all means, how to actually refine based on data, all of that good stuff that I love and geek out on talking about. So yeah, check it out there. We'll link all of everything, you know, all of these to in the show notes as well. Um, I can, you know, vouch and highly recommend anything that C- Stevie does, uh, sign up. It's awesome. Um, it's just incredible the, what you deliver, the, the value, the, the the minute details of everything. Like it's it's honestly, it's it's changed. It's changed my business. It's changed my life. So I can definitely highly recommend anything that Stevie puts out into the world is incredible. And and if you are thinking about um and maybe it's a, a side business to your e-com business. If you already have an e-com business and you're listening, um, maybe there's something some sort of service-based uh digital product or course that you could do. Um, go and check out Stevie. And you have an incredible podcast as well, which I'll also link uh in the show notes. And then you do have a your course on uh how to create your wildly successful podcast as well, right? I do. I do. So it's called Launch Your Wildly Successful Podcast, which is the ultimate mouthful. (laughs) I swear I just need to keep my course names to like two or three words. But um, yeah, so that teaches how to create a podcast from the positioning angle of getting more leads and sales. So that is my positioning for that course. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's been so lovely to catch up with you. Um, And I'm sure that people listening, you know, there'll be some light bulbs going off and and new ideas sparked. And if you do have a course and you're struggling to to get the sales you want, um, head over to to the course cartel and the uh, Lifestyle Business School, which we'll link below and check out what Stevie's doing. Thank you so much for joining me, Stevie. Thank you so much for having me, Jodie. You're amazing. No, you're amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Online Store Success with me, Jodie Minto. If you loved it, please share it with your friends on Instagram and tag me at I am Jodie Minto so I can say thank you. And if you really want to make my day, please go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and give me a follow. If you'd like my help in starting or scaling your online store, be sure to check out my free resources and programs at jodieminto.com. Thanks again and... Same time, same place next week. Bye for now.